Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Good morning, Christian America. This is the cry of the apostles when they're in the boat, in the middle of a storm, raging wind, waves crashing down against the boat. They fear for their lives. They fear for their safety. They fear for their future. And they fear that Jesus doesn't care. Today, as we go through the scripture in Mark chapter four, let's think about the power of Jesus and let's think about whether or not we truly believe that he cares for us, that he wants us to succeed, that he has a plan for us, or are we swayed by the waves of the world Let's get right into scripture this morning. Get your Bibles out. Get ready. It's going to be a great week. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort where we seek to revitalize the Christian faith across this land. Why is it important? Because if you have eyes, if you have ears, you've taken notice as to what's going on across our world. And my mark my words, ladies and gentlemen, mark my words, the destruction of the faithful, the destruction of faith in this society, the uh, putting God on the back burner, the lack of confident, uh, unapologetic Christian communities have led us to the place where we find ourselves, which is lost primarily in a whole variety of different ways. Our institutions, our organizations, our governments are all failing around us. They're all crumbling around us. Our communities, our economy, I mean, you name it. It's hard in 2021 to find a place that's thriving, to find a community that's thriving to find an organization, an institution that's thriving. And if they're thriving, if they are thriving, are they thriving and helping those who are not? Are they thriving and helping lift up people who are underserved, people who are marginalized, people who are at the quote unquote bottom of society? Are they are they helping the poor? Are they helping the, the homeless? Are they helping the least of these? If they are thriving, and there are some people, there are some companies, there are some organizations that are thriving, but are they thriving in the way that we as Christians can support? Chances are they're not. Chances are they're not. And the reason they're not is because faith, my friends, have been, has been put on the back burner. Faith in God has reduced across our land. And the, the amount and the number of, of individuals that are living their faith uprightly, righteously, justly, unapologetically, and speaking out on behalf of who we say we believe in, that number is getting smaller and smaller. It's getting smaller and smaller. And as people turn from the faith, as people turn from scripture, as people turn from God, we see our nation, we see our communities, we see our society, and all the institutions and organizations within it start to crumble, start to, to, to fall apart. And what else would they do when you have no foundation, when you have no true belief, when you have no cornerstone, the cornerstone that Jesus calls himself, in which to build these things, 
your house is built on a faulty foundation. It's weak and it can be destroyed easily. And that's what's happening across our land, which is why it's important that Christians across our nation, across this world, turn back towards God. Turn back towards the righteous life. Turn back towards trying to live a Christ-like life, a Christocentric Christ being at the center, a life that we can be proud of. And it's the only life, ladies and gentlemen, it's the only life, brothers and sisters, that is going to give us purpose. It's only it's the only life that's going to give us meaning. It's the only life that's going to be able to lift up people. When you don't have God, you can't lift people up. Not truly. Because without God, what other mechanism could there be to lift people up? What, what good is money without God? What is good is it to gain the whole world and lose our soul? So you can never truly lift people up in this country. You can never truly lift people up in this world if you don't do it from a biblical from a Christ-like, from a Christocentric perspective. Let us remember that always. And you can't lift people up in that way without first being able to visualize, verbalize, act out the goodness that God has destined us for, has, he has put us here for. So if you can't speak to someone about God because you're afraid or you're ashamed or you're scared of what they might say to you, that they may criticize you, that they may marginalize you, they may ostracize you, they may push you off, they may fire you, they may kick you out of class, they may fail you if you're a student. If, if you're afraid of these things, then you can never speak about them. And if you can never speak about them, then you can never lift people up. And if you can never lift people up, we find ourselves in that situation today in which there are so many places and so many institutions and so many organizations and so many communities that are being torn down bit by bit, brick by brick, issue by issue, one by one, every single day. And we can keep turning and we can keep making excuses we can blame this person or that person or this thing or that thing or this political side or that political side or however you want to phrase it, however you want to frame it. None of it is true. It may be true to some extent, but none of it is at the root cause. And that the root cause of these things is our dereliction of our Christian faith. It's the dereliction of taking responsibility for the commands that Jesus has given us to make believers of all nations, to go out into the world and spread the good news. And that's what we try to do here. That's what this podcast is about. It's about spreading the good news, not the good news of myself or anything else that of this world, but spreading the good news of God, spreading the word of scripture, spreading the message that Jesus has given us so that we may educate ourselves, so that we may find wisdom in his word, that we may gain confidence and that 
we can go out and interact with the world as God intended us to. How can we teach others if we are ignorant ourselves? And how can we not be ignorant if we don't read? We don't read the word of God. We're ignorant. And so we try to, this podcast, this brief few moments on Monday morning and Friday morning, we try to address some of that. And so we're going to bring you scripture today. If you follow this podcast for the past few weeks, you know that we're on the gospel. We're, we're covering the gospel of Mark. We're in chapter four. Today, we're going to start at verse 35. And then, and if you follow us the last few weeks, what you remember, or what you realize is that Jesus is teaching his disciples. He is in still kind of the early stages of his ministry, but he's done miracles. He's cleansed lepers. He's made the lame walk. He's uh, rebuked those that are set against him. And he's explaining how the kingdom of God has come to be or will come to be and, and relating it to the mustard seed, mustard seed. He's relating our lives as Christians, our lives as followers of his to be the light of the world, not to be hidden under a bushel basket, but that we may set it high so it, it can illuminate the entire room, that we are that light. We are called to be that light, to illuminate those around us so that through our light, through through our passion, through our uh, uh, inspiration, that our uh, motivation, our confidence in the Lord, that others may gain confidence in the Lord, not in ourselves, but in God. And so this is the message that Jesus is carrying. And he continues this message uh, through demonstration in the passage that we're going to cover today. And so we're going to get right into it. Let me just give you a, a, a quick uh, a prelude as to what, what's about to happen. So Jesus is getting on the boat. He's He's been teaching and performing miracles, and, and, and he's looking for a little bit of solace, a little bit of rest, and they get him. Uh, on the sea and they're, uh, they're, they're traveling and a storm brews and then things start to happen. I'm going to read it to you as we read it to you all the time. We're going to read it in context. Or we're going to read it verbatim so you can, you can see and you can hear and you can understand what's actually being said. So there's no confusion in that because so many times people don't know scripture and they think they do because they remember a story that somebody told them once when it's not actually the case. So what we try to do here is bring it scripture to you verbatim so that you can hear it so that you can see it if you're watching it on this video on video um and then we can discuss it afterwards so again if you turn uh your bibles to the gospel of mark chapter 4 we're going to start at verse 35 and in verse 35 it starts off by saying on that day as evening drew on he said to them let us cross to the other side so leaving the crowd they took uh, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. A violent squall came up, and waves were breaking over the boat, so that it was already filling up. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. They woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up. He rebuked the wind. And he said, quiet, be still. The wind ceased and there was great calm. Then he asked them, why are you terrified? 
do you not yet have faith? They were feared, they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this whom even the wind and sea obey? Now we could go, I could you could you could go into about five different directions on these, you know, six little verses here. That's the great thing about scripture. You can concentrate on on so much because the the text is so rich we could talk about the need for quiet and prayer at the beginning and jesus need even jesus needing that quiet space to be alone with his thoughts to be alone with his father to think about things and the 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 importance of rest as we see you could talk about the power of jesus the might of jesus who is this as the as his followers say that even the wind and the sea obey because Jesus' power is that strong that the wind and the sea obey. It means, it shows that Jesus can do anything, anything in our lives. He can handle any task in our lives, no matter how big it is, no matter how small it is, whether it's changing water into wine to help a wedding feast or calming, literally calming the winds and the water to be still. No task is too big. No task is too great for Jesus. But I also want to concentrate briefly on not just what Jesus does, because although that is that is astronomical, but the reaction of his followers. The reaction of his disciples when faced with struggle, with, when faced with seemingly insurmountable odds. Because you would figure that if you were on a boat and a storm came and your boat was being tossed aside, the waves were crashing into it and water was spilling in the boat. You're starting to, it's starting to fill up. The winds are swirling around you would feel pretty helpless. You would feel that the odds against you are insurmountable. How many of us feel like that at certain times in our lives? Through no fault of your own, you find yourself in a position that you cannot control. Think about this pandemic. Think about everyone who had a, a thriving business, a thriving restaurant, a thriving um, you know, store, that all of a sudden the pandemic and the resulting government actions have shut down. Now where does that place you? It places your business in ruins. It places you your finances in debt. What about all the workers? They didn't have any control over this. And now they're without a job also. And their rent is due. Well, what about their landlord? Their landlord who expects the rent also has a mortgage. And how does he pay it, right? There's a cascade of effects with something as, as, as dire as this pandemic. All of these things seem insurmountable and they are insurmountable to us. They are insurmountable and they were not caused by us. 
Think about this recent freeze to my brothers and sisters down in Texas. This wasn't their fault, the average person's fault. You wake up one day and it's colder than it's been in a decade. Pipes are literally busting. Electricity has been turned off. Water has ceased to flow. That's pretty insurmountable. And it can be extremely frustrating and dire for someone who had who took zero part in it. Nobody's fault. If you wake up to these circumstances in your home, you didn't cause them. It wasn't the dereliction of your duty. So just like these followers of Jesus that are in the boat, they were just getting in the boat to, to do as Jesus asked them to do. And they find themselves in this crazy position where they're in fear of their lives. As many of us this past year and this past few weeks have been in fear of our lives and the lives of our loved ones, of our families, of our elderly in the nursing home, of our children. It can be very easy to show up, to show up to God's door, banging on it, right? You think about how they, how these followers woke Jesus up. It says that Jesus was asleep in the stern on a cushion. They woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Now I can read that just as I did. Jesus, do you not care that we are perishing? But in actuality, you would assume, and this is an assumption, this obviously is not in the text, but this is an assumption on my part, that it wasn't that calm. It wasn't that clear. When they, when they woke him up, they probably shook him pretty hard. They probably shook him pretty hard. And when he said, teacher, it probably wasn't just teacher. Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? No, they were probably screaming at him. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? We're about to die. We're about to freeze to death. We're about to suffer great consequences. I'm about to lose my home. I'm about to be evicted. I'm about to be foreclosed on. I'm about to be uh, in bankruptcy. And we come to Jesus in this panic, in this fear almost to the point of casting blame. Do you not care? Do you not care what's happening to me and my family? Do you not care about my future? Do you not care about my kids' graduation? Do you not care about my grandparents or my parents in the nursing home that are suffering from all the illnesses, from all the problems that, that this past 12 months has, has thrust upon us? So many times people that are Christian, that people of the faith lose their faith because of tragedy in their lives. And they come to the conclusion of their own, God doesn't care about me. There's no God because if he did, I wouldn't be struggling as I'm struggling. If there was, 
there wouldn't be much pain and suffering in this world. If there was, and if he was real, there wouldn't be homelessness, there wouldn't be hunger, there wouldn't be violence, there wouldn't be rapes, there wouldn't be murders, there wouldn't be all these atrocities that happen across this world. And that is their conclusion, and that swings their whole perception of this life, and they lose their perception of the everlasting life. Similar to the way that the followers come to Christ in this swirling storm, Teacher, do you not know that we are perishing? Do you not care? It's essentially what they're trying to ask him. Do you not care about us? Jesus' response is not only that he does care, but I sense a disappointment in his response. His response is, why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? Do you not yet have faith? The mere fact that you're alive and breathing in America today is a miracle. And it's not just one miracle. There are numerous miracles. The fact that you're listening to this on the on, on whatever podcast platform you're listening this to, you're watching this on one of the social media uh, profile pages, platforms, the fact that you're able to see with two eyes and hear with two ears and speak and breathe and have relationships and to be able to experience the, this gift of life that God has given us, there are untold amount of miracles that have gotten us to where we are today. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. There is nothing that our lives, nothing that we can take on in our lives, nothing that can come at us in our lives that Jesus cannot handle, especially when we face things that we have no control over. Those are the times where we need to have the most faith. Jesus gets us to a point, life gets us to a point where there's so much that is out of our control that the only thing that can save us, the only one who can save us is the one who can quiet the winds and calm the seas. That's Jesus. As our institutions collapse, as our society becomes more tribal, as our health and wellness deteriorate amongst this world, we need to remember, above all else, Jesus has the power to calm it all, to fix it all. And our role in this is to have faith. Have faith in him. Because he does love us. He will not let us drown. If we can have that faith of a mustard seed, as we talked about last week, 
all things are possible. No weapon formed against us shall prosper with God on our side. And so there's your word of encouragement today. It's a little bit longer than usual, a little bit longer than I wanted to, to discuss. But I think that it's necessary. Because in these trying times, we are tempted to turn our attention and our loyalty into the world where we think that we have a little bit more control. We should focus and turn our attention to God. We should focus on listening and obeying his commands. To love him with all our heart, uh, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love one another as we love ourselves. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you have a blessed week. We hope that you get out there and spread the word of God. Be a happy leader. Rejoice in the life that God has given us. Rejoice in the sufferings that he's placed upon us. Pray that we, that we can suffer as Christ suffered so that we may experience what he experienced to draw us closer to him. And with that, we will see you guys hopefully on Friday. If you like what we do here, if you like this podcast, if you, if you get value out of this, We'd ask that you like this video, you'd subscribe to this uh, podcast, that you hit the bell on our YouTube channel, the Good Morning Christian America YouTube channel. We're trying to migrate most of this content away from Facebook onto YouTube and to Rumble, uh, mainly because there's no guarantee uh, with social media being what social media is right now that uh, that that Facebook will continue to promote and, uh, and, and support our podcast. Um, they're always looking for ways to shut down Christian thought, Christian, uh, Christian speech. Um, but that is the way of the world. And so we could either succumb to it, cry and complain, or we could continue to speak boldly on behalf of our Lord and Savior and stand unapologetic in our faith and in our stances, our biblical stances, uh, and we choose that route. We choose to stand strong and unapologetic uh, and speak on the goodness that is Jesus Christ. Um, so subscribe to the to the to our Rumble channel, to our uh, YouTube channel, the Good Morning Christian America YouTube channel. That way you don't miss any of the content we put out uh, and share it with your friends. Spread the, the, the good news of Jesus Christ. And you guys, until Friday, make sure that you stay warm wherever you're at, stay safe wherever you're at, and make sure you guys stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.